0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Keezy and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. And after a week off, we're back with the Union Men's Head Hockey Coach, Josh Houchie. Josh, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, how was your week off?
1: Yeah, great week. Uh, got to you know compete really hard as a as a team, but then also got to go out and do some recruiting in, in Buffalo and Ontario. And actually, uh, my son played in Buffalo, so got a, got to watch him play a little bit as well.
0: Saw some pictures on your uh, wife's Facebook page of you guys out there in Buffalo. It seemed like a good time.
1: Yeah, no, it was good. I, I missed maybe some of the the sightseeing ventures because I was out watching some some hockey, but I was able to see his games.
0: Well, let's talk about, uh, you know, you guys mentioned you had the week off last week and a lot to digest from uh, the October 21st game against UConn. 5-0 loss, a game that saw the Garner Chargers give up 69 shots on goal, including 30 in the first period. And that came a day after Union beat UConn 4-1. You had some time to digest uh, that weekend. What do you think happened in that 5-0 uh, game?
1: Well, I, I think it was, a, you know, a, a lot of reasons for us not playing our best. I think it starts with just our energy level, I thought, you know, for us to be competitive and, and be successful, we have to compete at a high level, and um, that that requires a lot of energy. I thought, you know, whether it was midterms or the travel coming back, they, they had a lot of built-in excuses, and we took advantage of those on on Saturday. And um, you, that can't happen. You got to find a way to be tougher and um, just fight through whatever comes your way.
0: I know Cullen Ferguson mentioned in the post game that he thought that the team felt satisfied after the victory Friday night. Why why does that happen? Do you think?
1: Well, I, I think when you're playing a good team like UConn and you beat them, you you know you feel really good about yourself, and then you start you know you know maybe feeling like you don't have to play as hard as you need to to, to be successful. And I think that's what happened is like we have to compete at a high level. Um, that that's got to be our you know we, we we kind of view it as you have three areas where you can you know it's your natural skill, it's how hard you compete, and how structured you are. So. Um, we have a good skill set, but we have to compete and be, be structured to be successful.
0: And after the game, you said there would be tryouts to see who would play want to play against RPI uh, this coming weekend, and we'll talk more about our, the RPI games later. Uh, what was that said in anger, or you just did you really mean it?
1: No, I, I think like for us right now, we believe in our group, and you know, um, we want to compete, and so there, there's been a lot of competition. There's been a lot of small area games, a lot of one on one battles, and just you know, really trying to get back to what we need to be to be successful. So, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you're probably going to, you know, give some guys the benefit of the doubt, but other guys, you know, like if, if you haven't been consistent, that's where you get into trouble.
0: How have been the how the practices been and you see a renewed commitment in those practices?
1: Well, I think it's been nice for us just to get a little bit of a break as well. Um, you know, it was a lot of games in a short amount of time, back-to-back games, um, you know, so s- stuff maybe we weren't as familiar with. So, um, we've competed really hard and and you know really happy with it but also we were able to give some guys that were you know banged banged up some time off.
0: I Man, even though you're five games into the season did having that week off come at the right time?
1: I, I think so I mean it, it you know, allowed us to refocus it allowed us to just kind of get a mental break and um, you know get back to get on back get back on track mm-hmm. here um, you know the difficult thing now is we have four and then we get another one so I, I don't like the fact that they're so close but um, you know Take them when you can get them. Of course,
0: that next one will be
1: um, the uh, final exam, so
0: we, that's uh, very understandable why that team has that time off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I think a lot of people forget about the mental, you know, stress these guys have to go through to. You know to play hockey as well as you know do well academically and it, it is a it's a burden at times and you know it's stressful at times.
0: Yeah especially with unions one of the rare schools these days with the trimester format because they, they go to June and so that's you're you're getting a lot of uh, academic work in a short amount of time and I mean you mentioned midterms already it's like uh, I when I was in college midterms were not maybe maybe November.
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's it's a 10-week block and it, it goes quick and if you you know you take a week where you know you travel and um, you have games and you don't focus um, you know intently on academics you can fall behind and i think that you know that puts some stress on our guys missing some extra classes going to colorado college yeah well it's not
0: often that a goaltender will win ecac hockey goalie of the week uh, after allowing five goals in the game but uh, the job kyle Shawvet did in the loss was incredible Made 62 saves in the game did most of it dealing with a skate issue uh, he had to missed uh, some of the second period uh, when um, Joe Sharub came in and made a couple of saves. We I mean, talk about his effort because, the you know, the score could have been a lot worse,
1: yeah, he kept us in that game. I think you know you you look at it and you know it was one nothing with three minutes left in the second period, and we shouldn't have been in that spot. Um, it, he was the only reason we were we were there. Um, you know that's where we as as a group have to you know, he's playing so hard for us. We got to band together and fight um, just to to make his job a little easier. but. Um, nice when you make a mistake that you have somebody that can back you up. With.
0: I know when, we went, when I came down for the postgame press conference at the time, UConn was credited with 21 shots on goal, and then come back upstairs and they're reviewing the tape, and they found nine more shots that UConn had, and UConn ended up 30 shots on goal. And Kyle stopped all 30 in that that first period.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I thought that was actually a little weird that we did that, especially at our home rink. I don't I don't, uh, but it's one of those <laughs> things that I I mean, if if he earned the award, you want to give it to him and get him, you know, the record. Um, at at the same point um it a little different that we did that
0: yeah it was some frustration among the p- players in that game particularly in the third period when uh, jacob Jeanette and john Prokop got uh, hit with 10 minute misconducts uh how have you addressed that with those players
1: yeah that's i mean that's not how we, we're going to be um you know i thought I spoke with the the supervisor of officials and you know we had some you know talk about it we don't want to be a team that's going to you know blame the refs or take our frustration out it On referees, so um, that was disappointing. Um, You know, we we skated a little bit for that as a group, and um, that's again, you know, we're gonna we're gonna worry about ourselves, and um, you know, it's not the officials' fault Mm -hmm. if we're not playing our Mm -hmm. best.
0: You kept one of the uh, team leaders, uh, one of the alternate captains, out of the game on Saturday, and that Saturday, and Tyler Watkins. Uh, What was the reasoning
1: behind that? You know, like for us, it's it it all comes down to everybody has a standard, and we expect everybody to uphold that. um, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta pull ice time from guys to try to get them motivated um, and and really get them get them sparked and and that was our mindset with Tyler and um, he he responded like the true leader he is. He was supportive of the guys. He was right there every step of the way um, and his practices have been outstanding this week. So I'm proud of the way he handled that.
0: We're gonna talk a little more about officiating here in that uh, two game series. You had a couple of goals waved off because of uh, goaltender interference and watching the replays, it appeared to be. Ticky-tack calls at best, uh, much like what happened in that Quinnipiac game last year with Liam Robertson. What did you think of those calls, and did you get a phone call from the conference?
1: You know, I, I spoke again. Spoke with you know uh, Peter Fiola, and you know he's. It, it is a point of emphasis right now. If you you know, I guess that even if you're in the crease and you're taking out way of the goaltender's sight line, that's something that they can you know remove a goal from. And there's there's a lot of controversy on that um, right now, just in college hockey. Um, we're going to continue to get to the paint hard. Like, that's going to be an area where, you know, if, if we get goals taken away because we're right on top of the goalie's crease, then, then so be it. But we're going to, you know, we want to have traffic there. We want to screen the goaltender, and, and we're going to get there.
0: Why would they penalize the players if he's not in the crease and he's, it's jobs to screen the goaltender? How's that goaltender interference?
1: Yeah, they, they say if his foot even touches the the blue paint right now, that they can, you know, they can wave it off. and. Um, that's just the standard that they're going with. So um, we have to adapt a little bit. But at the same point, we are, we are going to continue to get there.
0: Well, let's take a break. We'll talk about this weekend's two-game matchup with uh, Capital Region rival RPI. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle night in and night out. ECAC Hockey, an iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport. Top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page. Independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey alum, Charlie Moxham. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. We're here with uh, Union Men's Hockey Coach Josh Halji. Uh, it's time to look ahead to this weekend's home-and-home series with RPI. Uh, Friday's game's at Mesa Rink and Saturday will be at Houston Fieldhouse. Both games start at 7 p.m. And it's the start of the ECAC hockey play. Uh, the team split the conference games last year and Union won the Mayor's Cup game. You got your first taste of the rivalry last year, Josh. Uh, what did you think of it, and did it meet your expectations?
1: Yeah, it was. You know, it was. I guess different than what I was expecting in the sense that, um, you know, it, it is it is more heated than maybe I thought it was going to be. I, you know, it, it's uh, it's two teams that really, you know, they're playing for two different trophies and, um, you know, at different times of the season and just the. Uh, you know how important it is around town to, to the alums and the and the people in the community. So it was pretty cool to be a part of. Enjoyed it and um, excited to get going with
0: it. Yeah, it's been a while since unions won the regular season conference series. I think it was 27, 18, 18, The last time uh, uh, the the uh, team has held the uh, Capital Skates Trophy, how important is that to get that? I, mean, I know we've had the Mayor's Cup. They've had the Mayor's Cup the last couple of seasons. But how important is it to get that? capital uh skates trophy back
1: well you know when you look at the skates trophy i mean it it represents league points and i mean right now for us like it's it's the first chance for us to to pick up some points and and we need to do that and you know you got to be winning series if you want to you know be hosting or you know get that first round by so for us it's really important um and just to get that back would be would be nice you know last year it's kind of weird i wasn't exactly certain on how it went you know you split the first two games and Um, You know, was hoping maybe you could get it with the Mayor's (laughs) Cup as well, but no, it's it's just straight for league points.
0: Well, you were all involved in another heated rivalry when you were the associate head coach at Clarkson with Saint Lawrence, just down the road on Route Eleven up there. Uh, What was that like to
1: be a part of that rivalry? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it's actually pretty similar um, in the sense that you know, yeah, you have your diehard fans that are you know you. You wear green, you know, up there in a certain part of town, and you're going to hear about it. And you know, it's kind of the same thing for 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 us. When I I'm at the rink and I see somebody wearing red, it's it's always kind of funny. I'm like, well, I guess uh, I guess I know who's who's on our side. So surprised you probably uh, didn't
0: say anything with my red jacket at the uh, press conference <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah but that's
0: I, more Philly's colors than RPI
1: colors. I let, I let you get away with it once in a while here, but you know, especially when when you see the RPI logo, you you find out who your true friends friends are. Which rivalry is more intense? I, I would actually say it's it's pretty similar. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that you know I think just the proximity and the how small um, you know it is up in Potsdam and Canton that maybe it's a. Uh, it's a little bit bigger as far as just in the local community as far as just on your day-to-day but just with the with the media here it's it's probably bigger in that sense as far as there's a lot more coverage of it and it's you know a lot more widespread.
0: Yeah. And you faced RPI in an exhibition game on October 7th over at Houston Field House. so what was that game like and uh, what did you learn about the
1: engineers? Well I think they're they're a good club I, I like their group I think they have um, you know depth at goaltending I think they their decor is, is pretty experienced and, you know, they have some pretty, you know, talented young players coming in with, you know, Tinling and Hodgson, both good players, and then uh, Sutter Mazzotti up front, uh, a really good forward. So they they have some depth up front. Um, I, I'm a little surprised they didn't, you know, they didn't, haven't got a win yet. I think they're, they've played some tough hockey teams and, um, you know, looking forward to facing them. Yeah,
0: like uh, Union RPI was off last week, and like Union RPI is going to be looking to erase the memory of a recent loss. In fact, the Engineers, as you mentioned, haven't won a game at their 0-4, all losses against hockey teams, all on the road. Uh, will we see two angry teams on Friday
1: night? Yeah, I got to imagine that they're going to be playing as a desperate hockey team. Uh, I mean, we're just watching the, the Providence game. They were up 2 nothing after the first period, and just, you know, weren't able to hold on to that one, and you know, they gotta be, you know, upset about that. So I, I, think they're, they're a good team and they'll be ready to go. Yeah. One positive aspect about your team this season so far has
0: been the penalty kill. It's sixth in the nation, killing off a 23 or 24 power plays, a 9.58 percentage. What has been the key to the success? And, uh, are you afraid of jinxed this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think there's, there's been structure and detail to it. And I think you look at, um, we switched our, our penalty kill structure, um, it's right around Christmas last year, um, and since then we've been, you know, we had the one the one off game in, in Cornell, but other than that, like we've been pretty dialed in, and um, you know I think the guys take a ton of pride in it. I think you know Coach LC does an amazing job with it, and um, it's definitely been um, you know a strength of our group. Yeah, when you mentioned LC, I said was Lenny Childs, who I had a chance to talk to you along
0: with um, you yesterday uh, or Tuesday at uh, media day, uh, and I asked, we obviously that's six for seven against Cornell. That was a, I mean, Destin off game. It was one of those weird situations. He gave uh, up five first period power play goals. But after that, the team went one for 21. So, uh, the rest of the last seven games, do you think that momentum carried over? And then Lenny mentioned something that that the players want to see uh, penalty kill video during the offseason.
1: Yeah, it's, it's you know, for us, it's a point of uh, emphasis that we can gain momentum every single time. If we take a penalty, that we got to get it back with with a good kill. And I think that's, that's something they've done a great job with. And, um, you know, Mm. it's definitely been a focal point of the group and and guys take a ton of pride in it. The fact, like you mentioned, they were watching video on the, in the summer on it. Um, it's just an, an area where, you know, we want to be successful and we, we have been. Well, what were your
0: thoughts of last Friday's Dartmouth-Harvard game that went 18 rounds in the shootout? No one could score until Harvard's Jack Barr found the back of the net. Have you ever seen anything like that? And should games end in ties instead of a shootout?
1: You know, I, I don't like the shootout um, much at all, to be honest, just because I think it's it's a little bit of anything can happen. And, um, you know, I, I would prefer to just keep playing five-on-five, five, honestly, but um, I, I know a lot of fans like the three-on-three three in the shootout, so... Um, I would be okay with the tie, um, as far as it going that that many rounds. Like those are two pretty, you know, especially like Harvard is always known for having some really high end talent. So, kudos to the goaltending in that. Like, uh, really shocked it went that long.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, there's some tragic news in the hockey world uh, last weekend when former Minnesota Duluth player Adam Johnson died after his neck was cut by a skate in an elite ice hockey game in England. You had some connection with Adam. Uh, what was he like?
1: Yeah, you know, a great player. You know, coached against him for two years in the USHL, and he was, you know, tremendously talented. You know, didn't get to know him extremely well, but just whenever you you know came across him, had a smile on his face, was friendly, you know, respectful and polite. So, extremely disappointing. And you know, there's a couple connections to that that game. And you know, Daniel Champini was on the on the you know on the visiting team or the team you know that. That was a part of it. Um, not on Adam's team, and then I coached Kevin Tanzi um, at Clarkson. So I, you know, I reached out to Kevin actually yesterday just to see how he was doing, and you know, it just sounds like it's been you know hard for everybody just around the the situation. Yeah. The
0: question I asked: I mean, is should neck guards or some kind of neck protection be mandatory? What? Because this is a fast game now. You know, if I grew up; the game was not this fast, and now it's lightning speed and. Yeah, got players sometimes get out of control and you fall to the ice and your their legs come up and it's it's really I mean it's accident waiting to happen.
1: Yeah, I think when you when you look at it, I think as the game changes and it gets you know it's everybody's bigger, stronger, faster now. There's certain things that you know at one point the helmet wasn't required. You know, and um, it's a tough one because I I think some people feel like the neck guard is you know restrictive and you know they don't enjoy it but like it, it's one time i mean and if it saves one life then i think it's you know it's it's worth it so um you know i, I told my two young boys like you're you're gonna wear it now and you know it's it's just something that's going to be a part of so i i've seen some organizations already some youth organizations have come out and said they'll be mandatory so i think it'll start trending that way
0: yeah well, Josh, appreciate you doing this again. Uh, we'll do this again next week. All right. Thank you very All much. Right. That's Union Men's Head Hockey Coach Josh Halgie I'll have more on the Union RPI matchup on my Thursday podcast. I'll also preview the Union Women's Hockey Team Weekend, and my Gazette colleague Mike McGadden will join me to preview the Breeders' Cup. If you have questions you would like to ask Josh, uh, email them to me at shot that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com, and you can always post them on my Facebook page. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.